right, and welcome to the Courtney Turner Podcast. I'm your host, Courtney, and I'm super passionate about moving and thinking. On this show, we are going to dive into all things health, fitness, personal development, lifestyle, and political sociocultural. I've always been fascinated by people and I love learning from the experiences and stories of others. This has been a treat for me and I hope this is enjoyable and useful for you. As always, if you have any questions, comments, or any way that I can make this a better experience for you, please don't hesitate to reach out. <laughs> All right, well, hello. Welcome to the Corny Turn Podcast. I am here today with Scott Armstrong and Ryan Christian. Hello. Hi. Yeah, thank you so much for being <laughs> here. Oh, thank you for having us. This is fantastic. Ryan, good to see you as always, buddy. Like, awesome. This is so cool. Yeah, Man. it's a beautiful <laughs> studio, by the way. Yeah. Thank time. you so much. Yeah. She's not messing around. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, the, I know everybody's heard this a million times, but the, the, the technology is definitely a learning curve, but, oh, yeah. but we're getting there. Oh, yeah. we're, I'm we're, not there yet. <laughs> <laughs> One more step. We're almost there. We're, we're, we're almost working. There. <laughs> I feel like, like the next iteration is like having like, having like an actual like broadcast studio like where we could just like live stream and have like like we could have somebody in the production room yes. and like like that's what i want that's well, this my is, vision this is my dream that's what we're manifesting we're manifesting we are. We're having like a production crew we're gonna have like transcoders beaming the signal out kind of like the high wire or something like that something like a network yeah yeah yes. what's interesting though is that it's changing like the yeah. same way that like music has adapted to be like right. most people are going to home studios now instead of these yeah. massive studios yeah. it really is adapting to where this is the new future of it yeah. but i You're agree right. with you and having like the team and and having everything, you know, it's it's just very difficult to get all that done with people in our position usually, yeah. financially yeah. and everything else. But totally. I think, you know, it's, I, I mean, I remember joking about like, who was it? Oh, like Mark Dice. Remember Mark Dice? I think he's yeah. still around. Yeah. But he used to yeah. always argue that, you know, I'm getting more views with my laptop and my computer than like the mainstream media, you know? Totally. So it's like, I think it's, he was. I mean, it definitely is. And I think a lot of us I are think in the same still is. Yeah. And Jimmy Dore says the same thing. He's like, I'm just a, a comedian in my basement, you know what I mean? Yeah. In my garage, I'm a comedian in my garage, you know? Right. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. it is the beautiful thing. Like we, we, it's that decentralized aspect of like all of us have our own voices, our own platform. Well, kind of all have our own platforms. You know what I mean? Like, like yeah. they're trying to, they're trying to whack-a-mole us as much as they can, but yeah, we have the ability to speak out in ways that was never possible before. Yeah, totally. Like crazy. Yeah, absolutely. Crazy. Well, so, I think the great thing, I, I, one of the things I love about having moved here is that we do have, I mean, I can have people here in person. Mm-hmm. There are great resources. There's people like you guys doing incredible things. So, yeah. It's a great uh, place, too. I mean, I love the state. I've been all around in something about Tennessee. Mm-hmm. People, definitely, but just even the state itself. Oh, I think. Maybe minus the tornadoes that I don't like. Minus, <laughs> they're not so much in this part of Tennessee. Yeah, I haven't had a tornado scare yet. Yeah. I, you seriously? Yeah. We get like, oh. warnings. We get warnings. We, we don't. The, the one that scared me last time we had one that was like a house maybe 10 blocks from me got hit by a tornado. This was, wow. this was last year. Yeah. 100%. And we, but we get the warnings and that's enough for me. I'm like, what do you do? I just wait and hope I don't get killed by a tornado? I mean, I don't have a basement. Do you have a basement? Do you have a basement? <laughs> I don't. <laughs> I don't either. You go to wherever has no windows, right? right. That's what I've heard. It's just scary, you know, to be like, I get there's it. no option. You but know? everywhere <laughs> has something. I mean, I, yeah. I moved out of California, which had earthquakes mm-hmm. and... And I'm, yeah, the, the whole the whole West Coast is going to be underwater here in the next 50 years, they say, right? So I had to get out of there. So. Just the politics well, are I mean, they, yeah, they exactly. claimed that, except that, you know, all of the elites are buying coastal exactly. property. So <laughs> yeah. you know, apparently that 
if you follow their actions, maybe they don't quite believe it. I was more referring to, you know, how they're, they're talking about how the big tectonic shift or something. Oh, like yeah. The yeah. shelf is going to break. And there's yeah. going to be the big the big tsunami wave the, that's going to take I, out I the West remember, Coast. And that they've been yeah. talking about for so long. Yeah, exactly. exactly. I, I remember being taught about that in junior high. Yeah. And, and be living, I grew up in California. Yeah. Okay. And, in Sacramento. Yeah. And that's that's an inevitability if you believe the science. Like the idea is that that's you know eventually it's, it's a foregone conclusion. Mm-hmm. Well, you know science is valid. There can be scientific method done. Yeah, you know, yeah. But but that it will shift, and that's an inevitability. And they're just waiting for. I mean, they were saying this in like the nineties. Like it's just yeah. a matter of time until the the big one hits, and that's going to be pretty catastrophic. What would that do to the politics? All of a sudden, you've got two parts of California. That'd be very interesting to so see. My friend was telling me, <laughs> yeah. put all on the island. My friend was telling me, I don't, I don't know how true this is, but she said that she heard from like a firefighter or some like first responder out on the coast mm-hmm. that it, those, those tsunami roads, like if, if you uh, if you actually drive up them, they kind of just take you around in a circle and like back down. And then really it's just to distract you so that you don't realize that. Because like if, you, if there's a tsunami coming, you're dead no matter what. Probably. So the right. tsunami escape routes like give you the impression that you're doing something good, but you're dead. You're I didn't no even know what. they had tsunami escape routes. <laughs> yeah. I didn't either. Of, like what are you going to drive it or that doesn't even make sense? I've seen <laughs> I know. There's signs that say like like out in Oregon, on the Oregon coast at least, there's like there's signs of like a tsunami escape route or something. Or like, like, you know, obviously it makes sense. You try to get to higher ground. Ground, right. Get it right. to the higher ground as possible, but in the event of like this particular wave coming through, it's really just these uh, tsunami escapes are just like, it's okay, honey, we're gonna make. Yeah, we're on the right track. Don't it's the equivalent of getting under your desk in a nuclear attack. Yes, right? exactly. well, we're gonna be good. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, I remember my car, like the parking garage was underground, and they kept telling me, well, if a tsunami hits, you know, your car is gone. And mm, yeah. I was like, well, I think I'm a little more concerned about like me being gone but they were like oh you're fine you're on the 13th floor you'll totally be fine oh the 13th floor i'm like oh so so if the whole bottom of the building erodes (laughs) somehow the 13th floor is going to be okay yeah yeah yeah. well yeah doesn't really make any sense to me but okay it's always i mean it's it's, you never know how far away you're in hawaii it was the same thing during we had there's you know in there's earthquakes generally in hawaii you get that's where you get a lot of these tsunamis yeah and i lived there for a couple years and it's pretty scary because you know, they just say, go to the highest building, you're fine. Right. You, know, you don't really know how high or what the wave is. Right. Like, you're always guessing at it. But it's, things like that scare me the most. You know, what do you really do if you're not, you know, if you're stuck in a spot, you pretty much just go, I hope I don't get killed by this thing. Mm-hmm. That's, that's kind of what I meant about tornadoes. It's this outside of your control. That kind of thing definitely outside control. of your control. I mean, you do whatever you can do. Like, yeah. you get to a place that has no windows. and mm-hmm. yeah. But does that just speak to everything we're dealing with today? At least for me personally. Like, that's what it all comes back to. Is I, I hate feeling like I'm not in control of my own situation. Yeah. You know, like, they're removing that choice from you, and that scares me. You know, it's mm-hmm. kind of everything we talk about today, at least for me. Yeah, no, I absolutely agree. But that, that's why I focus so much on, the, you know, I think, not just in these times, but always you should control what you can control. There mm-hmm. are things mm-hmm. within our control. Right. Um, but with your dollar, right? Yeah. yeah um, so I'm doing I'm doing a speech uh, on October 15th. I'm going to be performing nice. aerial acrobatics. And nice. uh, Jay Jenner <laughs> is going to be doing a speech on the global elites. Awesome. And my focus is on, I talk about movement as a metaphor for life and using... Uh, you know, like physical training as a teacher to overcome adversity in life. Mm-hmm. And part of the reason I'm so passionate about that is because it is something you have control over. Right. You know, the, we, we can't control what they do with the air, the, you know, with everything really, you know, there's so much that we have so little control over, but we have control over the, the steps we take in our daily lives mm-hmm. yeah. that can make us happier, healthier, mm-hmm. uh, 
you know, and more of more contribution to others. So yeah, and I, and I think one of the most dangerous things on either side of this that we fall into, or that I've probably fallen into, that I'm trying to break out of, like actively, is the idea of like we are victims to all this. Like mm-hmm. whether you're yeah. on this side of the paradigm where like society and in, in and of itself just by its very existence is oppressive and therefore I don't have any hope of being anything other than just someone who just, you know, I'm always going to be down here because I'm always being oppressed by the system and all these things, right? So there's that victim mentality. And then over here, it's like, oh, Klaus Schwab, Agenda 2030, New World Order is coming to get us, like, and just being stuck in that victim mentality too. There's nothing yeah. to do. And like, like something, somebody said this recently and I'm like, yeah, I'm like, you know what? I have an agenda 2030. You know what? By agenda by 2030, I'm gonna have a farm. I'm gonna have some freaking right. goats. Exactly. You know what I mean? Like I have an agenda 2030. Screw your agenda 2030. That's I love that. So, yeah. I I did a, a live stream the other night on Instagram, and I was talking about. And I I was so sad. So I did. I was talking about. I don't, I don't know if you're familiar with uh, uh, Biden signed an executive order in March. I think it was March 9th, oh, and so it was on like digital want. responsibility. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, you know, for ask for, for responsibility, sustainable responsibility for digital assets, something like that. Okay, that makes um, no sense at all for digital and, assets. Right, but there, I, I can see if I can find it. But it was uh, the thing that was super scary about it was in section uh, four, mm-hmm. uh, which basically is the vehicle to end uh, cash to bring oh, us right, into yeah. right. cashless society. Um, yeah, that's the one. And uh, like, what was the title? So I can get it right. Uh, it is the. It is uh, ensuring responsible development of digital assets. And oh, I, oh, I see. So that's yeah. the, the idea that so they're talking about like that's meant to, in my opinion, before even reading yeah. through it, like to sidestep like we're not talking Bitcoin here. We're talking about like the responsible version of like central bank backed currency. Like yes. that's what they're pushing. I but they're, they're, exactly, we're not talking like cryptocurrency. Right, but right, right. they're create. They already have the central banks already have their own digital currency. Right. And I mean, my and that concern me far with more. right. And my concern with the cryptocurrencies and you know, not I don't know if this is gonna happen, but I think if they can, they'll try. They'll try and regulate it so that they co-opt and all of the other uh, digital currencies are either invalid or subsumed right. to the central bank digital currency. But I did this whole rant and somebody commented saying, you know, because I wanted to bring awareness, I think, mm. because it's supposed to go into effect December 13th mm. of 2022, which is really soon. Mm-hmm. Right. And I, I think that's horrifying. What, what's so, with them implementing new financial systems in December? So there's a lot. There's yeah. There's always times. Well, well, that was when the Sixteenth uh, <laughs> Amendment, Reserve. right? The federal, federal yeah, Federal Reserve. It was Bastard. a Christmas present, right? Yeah, exactly. well, it's important to remember also that though this is the problem with the way that we I, like I've been calling it either like disaster governance or emergency governance. Right. Like we're at a time now where they're using executive orders, mandates, yeah, and it's just general broad. I mean, we're we're like multiple states of emergency for the opioid crisis, COVID nineteen, and the problem is that executive orders are not meant and legally speaking don't even apply to the general population. It's about the executive branch. Of but course. they use these things as broad sweeping change and it's not even legal in my it's opinion. not constitutional right so right. that was so the reason i was you know i'm trying to sound alarm because a lot of people don't know that it's even been passed mm-hmm. and they have well, no not idea passed though right just put it down just front put out, right, not passed, <laughs> but it's been put forth yeah. and that it's supposed to go into effect right. at the end of this year 
And somebody commented saying, well, whether we like it or not, this is being rolled out. And I said, I vehemently object, object to that. And I really, really encourage people not to adopt that attitude because right. I think we do have the power to stop these plans. You right. know, I love that idea of the counter to, yes. you know, my agenda twenty twenty thirty. That's 100% of what I've been talking about. Like, we don't even need to fight them. We don't need to do any of that shit. We, we need, need to create parallel systems. And we need to create self-sustainment. I get your yeah. point. Yeah, but, I would use this as an opportunity to, to, to suggest you look at the greater reset. If you guys oh, yeah, seen that, Derek Rose, Derek Rose, yeah, Rose yeah, I, mean, yeah. oh. I, I was one of the speakers, I think the first time, yep. but he's okay. done a couple iterations of it. Okay. And it's, it's basically saying like, you know, yes, we, we, I mean, here's the problem is kind of like how they use the word sustainable and then people act like sustainability is bad. Yeah. Right. They're not really trying to be sustainable. It's, it's no. a manipulation. They, so, they co-opted the language. Exactly. Yeah. And so his thing is about, look, we obviously need to change. Like we are watching, we don't want the even old normal, right? No. So what, what we need to reset, but in our way, the greater reset. Yeah. And so he talks about so like, you know, independent, de decentralized currencies, you know, all, I mean, it's everything you can imagine that's in the opposite direction of what they're pushing. You know, so I think that's an important thing. I love that. To touch on what you guys were saying, though, I think that's such a great point, Scott, that victimization, right? The idea yeah. that we have this victim mentality. And if you notice in a lot of the more like the woke side of the politics, yeah. they're really pushing that. Like you're more important if you're more victimized. You exactly. Know? It's, a, it's an, an economy, the victimhood economy. Right. Like you're you're more virtuous, and the high, the more yeah. the more uh, victim points you get in multiple uh, intersecting categories, like then you just get all the stars, right? right? Yeah. Yeah. I call you, it the oppression oppression Olympics. The oppression Olympics, right. exactly, but exactly. Or, or yeah, go ahead. The, well, just the point was that I think that's so important to see it that like you know we have to do something. We can't just let them no. continue to build this, but to stand there and act like it's like outside of our control okay. or that. We're they're, you know, that's that is exactly what they want from us. Exactly, so I, it's it's like a double side to that, where we need to stand up and take our own actions away from it, and not let it suppress us. But we need to recognize they're doing it to us. Yeah, yes. you know, it's like both of those things. Exactly, you don't just just acknowledging it isn't enough. You right. need to take action, and I I think it's part of when you say that what they're doing to us. I think this information overload and all the fear porn yes. I think is intentionally designed to 100%. paralyze us and to. Uh, create a victim mentality mm -hmm. and this is the the dialectical paradigm that I always talk about right they, they do this on both sides right. and I think they play uh, the I mean we know they play the left and the right but I think they even play people who think they're awake and outside the paradigm mm -hmm. and they, they play them with all sorts of cognitive infiltration mm -hmm. and fear porn and I think that yeah we really need to make sure that we don't succumb to that because we're not victims. Totally. We we can take responsibility for our own life. We can build parallel systems. We can take care of ourselves and our families, our communities. Yeah. And I think that and at the same time, we can sound the alarm about executive orders that are unconstitutional and put pressure on our elected officials to acknowledge that this is not constitutional and this absolutely should be reversed. Totally. Yeah, you know, one of the good things I got, any, shout out to Grand Theft World, Grand Theft World podcast, they just okay. did a really good, uh, there's this guy that I hadn't even heard of, Michael Badnerick, I guess, like he just passed away and they just did like a whole big, for like an hour, they were like highlighting a lot of his work and he's like a, I guess, a libertarian, formal like libertarian presidential candidate. Okay. And a lot of his philosophies on that specifically of just like knowing <laughs> and asserting your rights and what is constitutional, what isn't constitutional. And he was like really mm -hmm. just talking about, one of the things that really stood out to me is that like pretty much every single thing that the government does now is unconstitutional. Almost yeah. every oh, single absolutely. thing. Yeah. <laughs> Almost every single thing. And if we could just go back to just operating within the framework of what the constitution was, we'd be fine. Like, like we'd be totally fine. But, but um, every single thing. 
And, and the fact that we don't like have any means of holding them accountable is just, you know, we've lost it. We've lost it. Not by the pe people, for the people. It hasn't been for a long time. Yeah. And then it's just like, what are we doing at this point? Yeah. I argue we have ways to hold them accountable. It's just about, the, see, the problem is that it's the two-party paradigm, which is on a broken record on this, is what yeah. stops people from seeing the, like, we all acknowledge the problem. They, right now they just yeah. point, oh, it's the other side, it's the other <laughs> right. side. And so it stops from change from happening. But we have the mechanisms. Yeah. They're just smart enough to get ahead of that and make sure there's, you know, levers along the way where, oh, so they do this, we'll just do that. And then, you know, just, nothing ever actually changes. They just, they'll just piss in your face. <laughs> if you attempt to make any sort of like anything, like literally, like the whole Epstein Maxwell thing, like there's zero accountability. There's, there's, I mean, just that's a basic thing. The Hunter Biden laptop, like, like their mentality is that, like, who cares? Who, who cares about this stuff? You know what I mean? Like, well, I don't know. Yeah. It's crazy. It's well, crazy. I think that you know, I've been saying for so long, and and I'm so glad that people are starting <laughs> to. I feel like there is a bit of a shift and an awakening because when I first started saying this, people would just look at me like I had 10 heads. I mean, people on the right, but political right. Uh, but now they kind of, hmm, okay. You know, so I'm not getting as much pushback, which is kind of exciting. But I've been saying for so long that, you know, the, the right, the Republican Party was designed to be controlled opposition to the left. And when I say the left, I don't even mean the Democrats. I mean, the, the Communist Party USA aligned with the Democratic Party back in 1919, this is over mm -hmm. 100 years ago, like these are communists and the, the globalist agenda has been, you know, working through the left, but they work through the left with the right being, the political right being the controlled opposition mechanism. And the way that okay. that works is they have these, you know, so they have these dialectical attacks where the right is, and you know, we call them rhinos. I don't even think they're rhinos, you know, they're really just, <laughs> they say it's a uniparty and they're all furthering this this the same agenda, the teleological I'm end. But really interested by this conversation. Fake and opposition, I, right? What? It's almost what? Like, it's almost like fake opposition. It's like they, they stand there as like what what you would think like to controlled be controlled opposition. Yeah, control, but it's like not even control like like it's just they're just fake. Like like they're there to represent what should be opposition when in fact they're not doing anything to run opposition whatsoever. But that's kind of the point. Well, but yeah. sometimes they do. I, so I actually, so this is what's really interesting about it is that they actually do. So when you, you look at things, that there are narratives that are being uh, put forth on the right mm -hmm. that are designed to distract mm -hmm. and they're designed while the left, and by the left I, I actually mean, you know, whether it be the left in this country or you know, the global elites who want a feudal system mm -hmm. are still, they're firing more attacks. It's like people are still arguing about whether, you know, what COVID is and what, you know, that whole thing. People are still arguing about math, you know, <laughs> on both sides. They're still arguing about math. Uh, yeah. And meanwhile, they're, they're five, ten attacks ahead. And they literally mean attack. They've got these other narratives that yeah. they drop, right? They, you know, they went to BLM and the Antifa riots and they went to, uh, you know, they went to Ukraine, now they're on to monkeypox, and you know, they, they've got so many more that are just waiting to drop while both sides are busy arguing about what they think is, you know, mm -hmm. their, mm -hmm. uh, their trusted party has told them yeah. is mm -hmm. the thing that they need the, to support. support yeah, that was, that was another some... criticism that, just real quick, Ryan, Go ahead, that was another, that this Michael Badner guy, he was, his criticism of the Libertarian Party in general, he's like, you guys spend 90% of your time arguing amongst yourselves about the 2% of the things that you disagree about. Exactly. Like, See, well, and that, the, that, for quickly, is a side off that happens everywhere. Like, everywhere. I point that out about 9-11 or anything yeah, else. Like, yeah. there are, the, it's important to discuss these things. Yeah. But to make that consume the conversation to where nothing happens unless you agree on these final points. 
points that you know plain or not kind of thing and then it just blows up the whole thing and that's happening all over the place COVID related but that I, that conversation I find really interesting because you know I have like for instance like I think any level of government, whether you want to call it democracy, communism, socialism, they're sure. potentially problematic because it all ends up collecting power at the top. And you yeah. could say the same thing about where we are now, but then I also- Control the mind, that's literally what government right. means. Yeah, exactly, right? And so, I mean, he, there's plenty of examples of similar forms of government. You could call socialism, communism, and there are parts of the world that aren't what they say they should be. And there's places that I argue are some of the most authoritarian today that claim to be democratic or whatever, right? right? So it's, it's kind of a, a, a manipulation in and of itself. But here's what I think is interesting. So when we're talking about the rhinos or so on, yeah. are so today, do they not consider them Republicans anymore? Or do they call themselves patriots, right? And that's right. like a different category. But as far as my, I'm concerned from a nonpartisan perspective, they're Republicans or conservatives. And they're on that side of the spectrum. Right, right. And you got the left and whatever else. And I consider all of that the two-party illusion. Right. That's my that's my opinion. So I don't I I have a hard time thinking if they still espouse, like for instance. There's a lot of the discussion of what you, I guess, in that conversation wouldn't be considered, they would be like the rhino part of it, uh -huh. or I guess the ones that aren't part of the rhino group, but that are discussing people like DeSantis. Uh -huh. Or I just saw Alex Jones make a whole rant about how DeSantis is the one, I'm going, here we go again, here right? Okay. Not Trump, because I got tricked, but DeSantis is the, well, go harder, guys, vote harder, and that's the problem for me. Right. I cannot come along with that. Now, I could be wrong. And I'm, I, I, in fact, I hope that I'm wrong because I hope that there are actually people that I'm just jaded that, that do want to fight for our freedom. But I've been tricked so many times that I yeah. don't believe that. Right. So I'm just interested to see where that goes because those Republicans that are acting like, you know, the rhinos are now seen as the Republican Party and they're like some new thing right. are still voting people in the Republican Party. They're still going along with these other politicians that I don't think truly believe in us. But I just want your thoughts on that because well, that's how I feel. I, I know that's a contentious thing. No, I think it's hilarious. In the two-party discussion, I, you know. No, I. I sorry. I was just gonna say I think that's hilarious to hear you say that because I remember like leading up to the 2020 election, I was like, oh my god, I, and I talk about this all the time. I was like, I know this. Is, like I was like, come on, Trump. Like I was like fully like uh, getting on the Trump train because I'm like it has to, it has to be him or else we're so screwed. And I wasn't wrong. We, I mean, yeah. right? But also, no, I see. I, but I either way, agree. I don't. Yeah. Go ahead. But, go but ahead. it's just funny. It's funny because like at the same time though, I was listening to you specifically and Whitney <laughs> and Charlie Robinson saying, "You guys don't fall for it. Don't right. fall for it." And I was like in my head, I'm like, I know, but I just can't help it. And now to hear you say like, "Oh, maybe there's a moment." Like Brian, no, 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 no. no. <laughs> I, I, I would even be, I would even be willing to argue now. And this is going to be this. Watch, this is going to be a clip that's going to, you know, call me a Democrat or whatever. That it might have even been better had Clinton been elected. You know why? Because everybody yeah. would have pushed back, including the militias. Well, yeah. We saw that with Obama. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Obama really and, created a huge. I mean, that was when the Tea Party movement yeah. started, and I, that really was right. grassroots Tea Party. Yeah. At first. Yeah. At first. <laughs> and and, yeah. and, and co-opted like yeah. all these movements get. I simply argue that, and I've said this many times, and this is not, not the only one that, right. that Trump's. Put being in that place, whether yeah. genuine or not, pacified the most important group of people that sh that probably could have stopped a lot of what Trump allowed to happen. Let's so get Hillary in. And no, 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 no. I, my point was vote nobody, yeah. right? Yeah. Not, I'm not saying vote for either of them. The yeah. system is broken, but that's a whole other conversation. So, so anyway. I, I have a, so much I want to say. <laughs> so <laughs> much I want to say. Okay, so first I want to address when you talk about uh, the, the Democrats, the Republicans, and you put conservatives in there. So I. The movement and versus what conservatism actually means, I think, are two different things. I agree with that. Um, and I absolutely support conservative constitutionalism. 
I, you know, I, as we were both, all of us were saying, you right, know, just that real quick say one thing. Yeah. I support anybody's opinion to be whatever they want. Well, in right, any right. sense, right? No, seriously, okay. and I'll support that. I just, uh, go ahead. I, I, I guess I, I should reframe and say <laughs> I'm aligned with that, right. that that aligns for me. I really do think, as we were all saying before, that the fact that we still have the Constitution, if we were to return to that, I think is such a bulwark to preserve the free will of humanity. Um, I think, you know, I argued this the other night that I actually think the bigger attack is, you know, they just ignore the Constitution, unfortunately, and I think we it is incumbent upon us to uphold the Constitution. Right. They just ignore it, but the attack is really on the Bill of Rights, and I can go into that, you know, I really think that's where the, the attack really is mm -hmm. right now, um, and I can address that in a bit, but I wanted to address, you know, this two-party system, I absolutely think that, you know, Washington didn't want a two-party system. And I, I think this two-party system really came about, think about the, the first uh, Republican, it was Lincoln. Mm -hmm. And I know Republicans just, you know, they wax poetic. Lincoln was just, you know, I mean, I was part of uh, Friends of Abe back in, in uh, California. That was the underground conservative group. Ooh, it, it was genius. so underground that it was on the genius. front page of the New York Times, you yeah. know. <laughs> um, yeah, so, so secret. Um, but, you know, and they, they all just like bowed to Abraham Lincoln. And now, not to say that I think that he did no good. I think there were a lot of great things about Lincoln. But what was his answer to everything? It was to expand the government. I mean, typically is in any side we're right? talking about. Right? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, he was the one who used the Insurrection Act, right? Wasn't it 1907? Mm. Um, and, it, it, you know, he suspended habeas corpus and martial law, and that was all Lincoln. And th those are all the things they accused Trump of, a, you know, that he was going to do and that he didn't do. And in, in all fairness, like, I think there was a lot of argument to be made that he actually could have justified doing it because there really was uh, a, a genuine insurrection. I mean, I think there was really a color revolution. There was evidence to support that there was. And he said that he would not do it because he did not want to be a dictator and he believed in the American people. Except he declared an emergency and Defense Production Act mm -hmm. and all the, that's martial law, guys. That's what that is, right? I mean, that's, that's the same thing. Right. But I, I argue, but, though, that the Insurrection Act is a very dangerous conversation. Like, that, that's kind of the equivalent of pointing back at the other side and saying, so they're calling January no, 6th well, insurrection, this, that was which my, it wasn't, right? Well, that was my point mm -hmm. about uh, Lincoln. Mm -hmm. But when I'm saying in this case, in terms of justifying the, how, the, I'm saying an argument could have been made for Trump because there was a color revolution. I believe this really was a color revolution. Uh, so then the third part I'll address, uh, <laughs> just so I don't think of all the time because I have so much to say no, on right, that. Uh, but uh, when, when you talk about Trump, so I... I, I don't necessarily agree that that's, uh, again, falling for the, because I think one of the things that Trump did do, and I, again, I think he, he's far from perfect. There's a lot of things I do not agree with that he did. Um, but I also think that the movement isn't necessarily Trump. And I think this MAGA movement, uh, you were talking about the, how he lulled a lot of, peop a lot of people to sleep. I, I think there are some who okay. were lulled. I think more of those might have been Q people more than uh, the trust the plan, you know, uh, yeah. people more so than really the MAGA people. Because I think the same argument could be made for a lot of people woke up. And a lot of people, he was much more of a populist president, I think, than he was necessarily a Republican, uh, traditional establishment type of Republic, uh, Republican president. But all that to say, I think there is tremendous flaws with this two-party system and it's one of the things that I'm always really uh, trying to speak out about in terms of mm -hmm. local politics mm -hmm. local politics should right. I because I think you know on the federal level there's very li I, I personally believe there's very little hope 
for, you know, on the federal, I always point to, you know, Carol Quigley on my bookshelf, and I'm like, he's been saying for over 100 years that the CFR has controlled our federal election. And so I really don't have a whole lot of uh, optimism for our political system federally, but locally, I do actually think there is some power to effectuate change. Well, there can be, I agree completely. Yeah, and that's why I really want people to hold to the fire that it should not be a two-party system locally. Locally should be- Yeah, that's people need across the board though. I do think so, but locally I think is where we have some power. Mm -hmm. And I I think more than anything, the power to affect change really, all politics are local. You know, contrary, this is, uh, I'll say one more thing and then I'll let you guys talk. One more thing. So uh, I think it's very ironic, but I don't think it's unintentional. I actually think this part is by design, Mm -hmm. but the irony is the message that we are told, uh, ideologically speaking, is that the left believes in power from the top down, right? They, they tend to be all roads lead to tyranny, essentially. But they always talk about, you know, we need to grow the government, we need more, go- we need more taxes, where the government is gonna take care of you. That's the ideology of the left, arguably, right? Yeah, so, yeah. And from the right, arguably, they claim that they want the grassroots and, you know, it's gonna be Today, ground up. I feel like that's switched over the years, right? I mean, they kind I of don't actually off. feel like it's switched. I feel like ideologically, that is where left and right go. However, you can make, again, I feel the Republican Party is controlled opposition for the left. So, but I think in terms of left and right, mm-hmm. you know, that the that is what, you know, the ideology represents. However, it's really ironic in terms of what people do because people on the left infiltrate and they work from them. They work within. They do what uh, Dr. John Coleman called long range penetration, interdirectional conditioning. Mm-hmm. You know, this is how they operate. And it, it re- that really is grassroots and it trickles up and it's very, very effective. I think that we should all do that. But the right sits back, oh, we got Trump in office, great. We can coast for four years. That's Next four years, oh, we have to get mobilized again. You know, And that's top down. That's completely yeah. antithetical to supposedly for everything they stand. I feel like though it's say. hard though because <laughs> To say, like, even general, just to say the right is this and the left is that is a trap we're falling into. You know, there's a million different Oh, I just mean philosophically, ideologically speaking. Right. No, I agree. I agree. I'm just saying, like, but even then, just to speak to the back and forth, I feel like it's, I I, I don't necessarily disagree. I kind of, but I I see them all very similar. I feel like there's different narrative on either Mm -hmm. side that ultimately lead to the same point. Mm -hmm. That's why they ultimately all end up agreeing when it comes to war, when it comes to more... You know, well, in you're general, talking about you know? politics, not philosophy and ideology, and I think they're very different things. Yeah, yeah, but they, one guides the other, right? I mean, we that's, that's well, they use them as tools to guide, mm-hmm. but I don't think that they're uh, they're not inex- inextricable. I, I actually think they they are different things, but the left is so they're so cunning. Well, but and see, like they speaking use of infiltrating, feed. right? Yeah. Like that's not necessarily philosophy, that's action, right? So my right. point is that, that that idea that they what the left does is infiltrate. I mean, you can point out a hundred examples of what the right doing the right doing the same thing. That's all I'm saying. I take your point. Right. I agree. I'm just saying that But the the notion of uh, you know, a infiltration in terms of political action because you, you use the word action, mm-hmm. uh, that's praxis, which is Marxism. I mean, it's, and, and it's really, it comes out of occultism, honestly. And Marxism just stems yeah. right from occultism. And the entire government does at the end of the day. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Comes back. But absolutely. I, before you get too far from it, I wanted to speak yeah. to the local elections. Because I like, it's a really important mm-hmm. point that, you know, it's, it's, the problem though is that the local, I mean, politics, it's, it, it's a, it runs downhill, right? So the federal government and the federal people involved, the, the higher ups in Congress, you know, that's what guides what happens locally. Sure. We can change that, I think, more importantly, but if you, 
if we're going to, it can't be one party at the local and then still have two parties at the top or multiple parties. At oh, the top. ideally not. Right. But I'm saying that the, where I think there's a power to effectuate any kind of change is locally. So I think we That's, need to yeah. start with locally That's and hopefully we'll build to, you know, getting rid of this two party illusion at the top. 100%. I mean, ultimately I personally, and I, I, I may get a lot of flack for this, but I mean, I would kind of be okay with getting rid of federal government. I was just, just saying, absolutely. I mean, I'm not yell at it. You know what I'm, <laughs> I, I right always, now, I always say, and then I'll let you say, I, I always say, I actually think that uh, Switzerland, like the canton, I mean, they're a socialist society, which I do not support. I'm not aligned with, uh, but I, but the idea of canton, that really localized, regionalized uh, kind of government uh, centralization is, or decentralization, I actually think is great. Well, I, don't I think, think there's no need for it. I for think what well, we don't need to, we don't even need to wait for them to change their thing. That's, that's my, that's the whole thing with the freedom cells. That's like the greater reset. Like mm -hmm. Derek Rose, like I actually learned so much about this from his conscious, conscious resistance trilogy yeah. book. You know, he opened my eyes to so many different aspects of this whole agorism standpoint. Mm -hmm. This is, I actually pulled this up a minute ago. This is on, oh. this is like the mission statement on the freedom cells website. It okay. says through building and supporting alternative systems, such as local food networks, health services, Mutual defense, counter economies, and communication networks, freedom cell members will be able to decouple themselves from the state and other institutions they right. deem unworthy of their support. Once the groups become large enough in numbers, it becomes possible for, for participants to opt out in mass and provide for their common wants and needs through the new systems they have created. The ultimate goal of the network is to build the parallel systems capable of securing the freedom of community members for generations to come. We're building our own free society. We don't need to wait it. for them. We yep. can literally take all the measures and means to make our own parallel system. And, and that's kind of what you were getting at and take it even a further, you know, it's, it starts right here, individual right. cases. Yes. And that translates to the next and the local idea. Just that's the main point there is that we, as local as you can get to, to yeah. your point, I think it's so important. Us, vote yes. for the, the contra, vote for the school, you know, uh, uh, I'm blanking on the term for them, the school, uh, the, the people that pass the mass mandates are school. Yeah. School board, thank you. Right, right. Right. You know, those are the things that are important because you can Great affect change very small right around you and potentially affect, and then have this kind of thing guide outward. Yeah. Yes. You know, and, and it's not going to change things overnight. Effect. Exactly. <laughs> but it does make a difference locally, and that's super important. And we've seen that throughout this whole process where yeah. the local judge, the local school board, you know, they can make a difference in small ways. It's very important. But it's going to be an ins you know insurmountable rise up that mountain, but you got to start somewhere. Right? Yeah. Take that first step. And I think that you know those small ways become big ways yeah i mean it really had a like a ripple effect throughout the country mm -hmm. you saw what happened with the loudon county like even williamson county yep. like all yep. those school boards and you know really getting the parents active and involved it i mean it, it really turned the tide i think in mm -hmm. so many ways yeah so, yeah yeah, yeah. Garrett, real grassroots action is where it's at and that's why they're so afraid of that in every way so... they co-opt it and they take it over and Driving, I always point at the you know Occupy move, you know yeah. that that we can look back and prove that the FBI infiltrated and literally drove this into the ground, you know, and that's why if it was such a flimsy little movement, then why, right? Because right. they wanted it to be perceived that way. Everyone out there doing cartwheels in their costumes—that's not what it was about, you know. That's what they turned it into. Yeah, you know, got to think about it. We can do this if we, you know. I still say get past completely any idea of any partisanship, but I think that mm -hmm. even with it, you know, I, I like I pointed out throughout. Let's just. COVID-19, for example, yeah. as much as I do believe that whether patriot or conservative or Republican right. or left or whatever you want to call either side, yeah. that there are people on the, you know, whatever, you, maybe I guess the patriot side of it that, that are, you know, that they, I would argue this may be misguided politically in that two-party system, but yeah. believe in the Constitution, believe in the yes. idea that we can make our own choices. And that is very different than what you'll see on some of the people on the left. 
you oh, know, that, sure. and so that I can go along with. Like I'm like, yes, absolutely. But to point back at the idea of Q, like you referenced, I I think that was the point, and this speaks to a lot of what I've been pushing in my research that. Yeah. Q was meant to, it's a trap. Like it's meant to trap the Republican Party and frame them as the next problem. And I think Absolutely. that's what's happening right now, you know? I, but they, they said, quite, you know, trust the plan or, yep. you know, and if you- Like Operation Trust in 1921? Right. Yeah. Mm -hmm. It's been there. If you ask, if they get you asking the wrong questions, they don't care what answers that, you find, right? Yes. That's what it comes down to. That's yeah, exactly. If, if QAnon was so responsible for the whole January 6th nonsense, <laughs> yeah. like, why isn't there this huge focus to expose Q? They know, because they know it was them the whole time, right? Well, I, that's what I see. Yeah, yeah, I really do. Yeah. And I think that's what's so obvious about it is, like I made this point about the other day, we're all being censored on platforms for speaking about peer-reviewed science, and yet you can find all sorts of Q people spouting the very things they say is like the biggest threat to our democracy on Twitter right now. Oh, yeah. So if it was really that, I'm not calling for censorship, by the way. No, no, but no. anybody, like if it's the threat to everybody and they're censoring us, it's like it shows you that they want that there. Did you yes. know, they want to use it, I think, anyway. Well, you, I had a, I this saw is a, how controlled opposition works. Right, exactly. exactly. I, had, I saw an article pop up or an ad pop up for me. It was, uh, uh, there's a new Reno 911 movie. Have you seen that? <laughs> no. It's Reno 911, The Hunt for QAnon. Uh, oh. Um, I, wow. It might be funny. Might I, be. I hope it's actually people like making fun of it, but I I'm know. so tired of all these movies and everything coming out that's so tapped into this current stream. It makes me so upset. Well, <laughs> it, that, that is by design, and we have evidence, uh, especially big blockbusters, mm. where uh, they've consulted oh, with the yeah. intelligence departments. Uh, and, and it goes both ways, which is yeah. so crazy. It's not just uh, the intelligence agencies you know, consulting with the big Hollywood producers and uh, directors and writers, it's uh, it's the other way too. They mm -hmm. consult mm -hmm. with them. Right. And well, the Pentagon, you could look at the, I mean, like the craziest one, I think, but the, it's like every movie ever, like Toy Story, for example. The mm -hmm. Pentagon was involved with parts of that movie. Oh, it's why? It's yeah. about yeah. propagandizing. Yeah. Yes. You know? The one, since you were the one that told me about this being there, and I'm glad, I'm, a, I'm growing up, love Beavis and Butthead. That oh, yeah. movie, that movie was, I was blown away by how they were knocking these things down, yeah. like Dude, making fun of stuff. I'm like, yes. good for them, because I, I didn't see any part of that that no. could be taken as progressing no. the idea. So there are no. still some of these that squeak through, but yeah. it's depressing. Yeah. Every movie I watch, and like, like for instance, I the show, watching. you seen the show Shameless? You ever seen that? Yes. I, I mean, I used to like that show. Yeah. And it's like about a family that's kind of like always bucking the system. And then their final season was just, and even people wrote articles about this. They destroyed yeah. themselves with COVID. Like you got people that they are wearing masks and stuff and they're talking about dangerous things, even Frank. And I'm like, people know the show. It's like, really? This Frank, Frank character is going to be wearing a mask and complying? Like, come on, guys. Like, doesn't fit the character <laughs> why, at all. Why even include it? You're watching TV to escape from all this stuff. Okay. Nobody wants that in their face. Not even yeah. people that agree with masks. You yeah. know, it's, just, it's sick. It's just right in your face all the time. Oh. Kills me. Oh yeah. Have you seen the new Beavis and Butthead? It's good. I, I've, only, I've only seen clips of it, but the it's clips I seen are so good. That's yeah, great. The, the, the white privilege. Oh my god. That was so oh, yeah. good. So on point. That so was on point. awesome. Yeah, yeah, I think Mike Judge is, is, is Mike Judge gets it. I think Mike Judge is worldwide. Yeah, white right. I and I was so worried because when that clip, not to be spoiler yeah. alert, when it starts. I'm like, no, really? They're gonna blow the whole movie by yeah. doing this? Because it seemed like he was like, oh, okay, like he was understanding. Yeah, yeah. Like, and he yeah, comes out and he's like, God, give me this. I've got white privilege. <laughs> I have white privilege. I do whatever I want. Yeah, they took nice. it away. It's that's challenging. Yeah, yeah. Oh, it's, it's great. so great. That made my mom. So you funny. understand how this works? And he's like, yeah, I got it. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Thank you for telling us. Yeah, yeah. I'm not aware. <laughs> you're gonna behave differently now that you know this. Yeah, yeah. yeah. absolutely. <laughs>
Don't worry, oh, Bayless. Don't worry, Bayless. We're not gonna get in trouble. Yeah. <laughs> Even the crowd that was in the in the auditorium was so perfect with the yeah. pink hair and, yeah. like, and the mansplaining. Yeah. Like, Hold on, Keisha. I got this. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> when, you, when you talk about the illusion and the two parties, I mean, I absolutely think it needs to be I'm decimated. I, again, I am okay with actually getting rid of the federal government. Yes. Honestly, um, peacefully but, politically. Peace. Yes, absolutely. Um, you know, like just focusing on the local governments and people to like, getting back to like. Like actually taking care of themselves, their families, their communities, and then some sort of in infrastructure for local communities. But um, I recently did a podcast with uh, Stephen Coughlin, and the, this was the quite four a, and a half a hour. Podcast, yes. Quite a podcast. Yes. <laughs> yeah, the four and a half hours. <laughs> um, we were actually on Zoom for seven hours. Uh, we nice. talked for three hours after. But <laughs> yeah, and we recently he went through like all of his briefs uh, with me. Um, and it was four and a half hours, and he said we only covered a third of the briefing because he's in the process of constructing it. Wow. But what I really love about it, and the reason why I was willing to just sit there for another four and a half hours, uh, you know, I didn't even film that. It was because, mm -hmm. you know, I he kept asking, did you film this? I'm like, really no. And, <laughs> uh, but out of respect for him because, you know, I know that it's proprietary information that he's working through. Yeah. Um, so I didn't want to. I, I kind of wish I had just for me, <laughs> you know, yeah. for, for my own learning right. archive. But... Um, but one of the things we talked about on the podcast, and I so love this, and I know we'll lose some people with it, and I, I've talked to him about this just because, you know, unfortunately today most people don't read philosophy. You know, that's just mm. not really or, uh, a foundational, all. what? Or at all. Or at all, right. Or at all. <laughs> True. Point, point well taken, yeah. Um, but it's not a foundational element of, uh, you know, elementary education mm. anymore. Yeah. And, but we were talking about the, the analogies that he's using of a, uh, you know, certainly, I think a lot of people understand the reference of Neo uh, in The Matrix, and that's a great one. But honestly, a better reference is uh, the allegory of the cave, right. Plato's mm -hmm. Republic, uh, and the dividing line. And this is how the two-party system works, because they do these dialectical attacks. Mm -hmm. And you know, the, the argument we were trying to make in this, and this is why I thought it was such a seminal you know, discussion, is because... People on all sides need to step out of the paradigm. Right. If we can reframe and take a step back and be outside, you know, be, be Morpheus essentially, mm -hmm. you know, uh, then if we can get outside of that, then we're, we're oh, as humans, we're always going to be subjective to some sort of conditioning and, uh, you know, reactionary responses. That's just human nature. But the more that we can step outside of that framework that's been constructed for us and that has been manipulated to, uh, or has been designed to manipulate us and where they very strategically uh, do these dialectical attacks on us, then I think the more hope that we have for, uh, for not be falling victim, you know, mm -hmm. back to the whole conversation yeah, again yeah. about being victims, we don't have to be victims. And that's the way for us to empower ourselves is to step out. Totally, yeah, yeah. And just searching for ways to be autonomous in your own life, you know, mm -hmm. just every little bit, like for me, like just breaking out of the nine to five type of grind that I've yeah. been like my whole life, you know, mm -hmm. I got out here and I'm just like, I'm just going to start doing handyman stuff and like that yeah. has taken off and like turned into this whole other thing and it's like, Amazing. there's a lot of fear involved in that because I'm like, yeah. oh my God, I don't have like a regular paycheck, I don't have like health insurance, so it's just like, oh my God, what am I going to do, you know what I mean, yeah. but it's like, it's kind of taken on a life of its own. It has its own momentum. And I'm like, okay, I can kind of see how this path can be carved out. But right. it goes so just absolutely contrary to all of my programming. Like you have to yeah. have, you know, you have to have a job, you have to have this and all this, like, like all this, you know what I mean? And it's just like, 
So it's scary just out there in the world, like just kind of floating around, like without any certainty about what's, you know, down the road or around the corner. Yeah. But it's like, it's, it's, it's so empowering too. It's like, okay, now I have, I have not only all the responsibility, but I have all the control too. Like yeah. I, can, I can actually take and, and, and it's weird too now where it's like, I'm at the point now where I'm having to like turn down jobs and it's like, I have to like, Amazing. I have to like, I have to use discernment and I'm also getting all these people that like see like the type of work I do and that are trying to like bring me on, hire me. I'm like, no, no, I'm not trying to like be an employee. Like I'm trying to like, <laughs> so I have to like, like set boundaries. Like, no, I'm not trying to get hired and I have to give myself days off. You know what I mean? But it's weird, yeah. but it's weird like to navigate that whole the whole the whole world of being outside of the matrix like i yeah. feel like yeah. i've actually gotten out of the matrix a little bit man Yay. it's amazing it's awesome. crazy it's awesome congratulations yeah, yeah. Awesome. thank you congratulations i i talked one thing really quickly to that uh that programming that yeah. you were given yeah. about the the nine to five that that's also a lie too and i'm yes. not saying everybody should be an entrepreneur because not everybody's wired that way and not everybody should we need we need other people to work for entrepreneurs, yeah, yeah, right? Yeah. So we absolutely need people to be employees. Everybody has their role. That's how the ecosystem works. And I, I you know, I think of life, you know, the universe as an ecosystem. Totally. And everybody has a role to play for sure. But that is a lie because I, I so know this for myself. There isn't actually certainty in that. Mm -hmm. You know, oh, there's yeah. the illusion of certainty, but you could be fired at any moment. And totally. people in 2020, I think, in the past two years, really learned that. If they didn't mm -hmm. want to, you know, uh, false, you know, take a big pharma's newest experiment, yeah. that they, yeah. <laughs> right? Then that that, that's experience. what happened to their that job. my experience. I had, a, I had a regular nine to five job. I thought it was all stable. And then that all went down and that right. job went away because I refused the... And big shout out to Ryan. Like Ryan had me on his show right after that happened. Yeah, yeah fire. Oh, not, really? not, not taking the not taking the shot. And uh, Ryan had me on his show. I was on the last bread yeah. and I was it, like, oh my god, broke my heart. Yeah. When you think about that. Yeah. All the kids that he you know was working with, they suddenly yeah. just don't have something. And then they're like, no, we're short staff. It's like, well, you just fucking fired. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 No, no, <laughs> but it just blew me away. I was like, God, it's such a sad story. But yeah. that's I'm so I'm so happy for you, man. And that's the uh, American dream. The song. Yeah. That's what that's yes. about. That song is about the idea of you know feeling like you need to have the picket fence and the house and get married and all the things, you know, certainly have, feel free. Those things you want, then do them. Yeah. But the idea that we feel like we need to, like, oh, you don't have kids by the time you're 30, you're in trouble. It's like, okay. what do you mean? Like, where's this time that we think is, you know, it's like we're being forced into this yeah. cookie cutter reality. Well, I will say women do kind of have a biological clock, although it is, does seem to be being pushed a bit. Well, just but, to uh, have kids, yeah. But yeah. I mean, like, the choice of having it fit into this cookie-cutter life right. that then you're stuck right. with your job yeah. and your bills and your loans and your credit. Like, I'm not even seeing, and this isn't new, but yeah. a lot more push on the idea that, like, be, having debt in general and just being able to pay it off at a timely manner and never getting out of it, that's the normal. Like, mm -hmm. like that's how they push it. That means you're successful. That's the fiat like, system. Are you serious? This whole fiat like, successful system. is no debt. Is no having, debt. you know, making money. Yeah. It just yeah. blows me away. They want debt slaves, you know? Well, it's that sad. was the whole fiat currency was designed yeah. to have debt slaves. I mean, it is feudalism. I think it was to create a false illusion of freedom. This is yeah. interesting you say that. I was just, who did I just talk about this with? Uh, oh, I was on this panel with, uh, uh, for for the combo couch about China mm, okay. yeah. and and we were talking about that and I genuinely there's, this isn't necessarily a new opinion I've seen other people make this but I really think this lines up for me oh it was Caitlin Johnstone I think first made this argument that I saw okay. that it's we have to ask the question whether we transitioned away from the feudal system with monarchs or we just got fooled into a new perception of it. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like yeah. where we've seen this transition to where they just go, okay, people are starting to wake up to what we are, that we're not actually born, you know, in some kind of God-given bloodline. So let's, you know, we need to get ahead of that. 
So right. they spend years trying to trick the people into thinking that, no, we'll give you more freedom as long. You know, you have the power. Vote for us, and we'll let you pick. And do they really? Did they? It's the same argument then. It would have been just as dumb to think the kings would allow you to pick the king like, like the claim we're doing now. I don't yeah. believe that we have any say over what actually no. happened personally. But no. I think that's what happened personally. We just got tricked into looking at it different, and that's what the Great Reset is. The next step. Oh, yeah. Now they're trying to trick us into thinking, this is the new thing, and now you have more sustainability, more power, and... We're just trying to redirect our perception yet again. Yeah. So well, I, I don't think this is the first reset. I mean, I uh, think yeah, there are I agree many completely. resets. Mm -hmm. And I, I do think it is. Yeah, just it's, a, it's because I think there is something to be said for, uh, and I don't mean this in the Jungian sense, but a collective unconscious. You know, I think mm -hmm. there is power in, you know, uh, just like on a quantum physical level, mm -hmm. you know, where people all waking up there there's an oh, electromagnetic field of an awakening and i think what every time that starts to happen uh the people who at, are at the top of the feudal system are they get scared yes and so they have to redirect so that people have a new way of uh, perceiving things so that they they think that they're being guided towards what's aligned with their new perception are you familiar with the Yuga cycles? You ever, you, the, it's it's a it's basically a, a I'm not incredibly versed on okay. it, but I had an old writer that used to be like really he wrote a couple articles about it. And okay. the idea is that it's like the this thousands of years cycle of the planetary systems. And the idea oh. is that the idea is that you go through these different. I think it's like copper, silver, gold, something like that. And the idea is that there's an escalating and de-escalating cycle. Okay. And when you're escalating is when people's per, people's consciousness rises. Right. And right now, arguably, we're in that escalation phase. And so just like you're saying is it could be that they're like, they're aware of this. Like, interesting, yeah. here's another kind of parallel thought. People like Christian Westbrook, uh -huh. they write about this. Like, if you look back through thousands of years that they already know we're going to go through like a famine stage. And right. they know these things. And that's why they're trying to frame it and so on. So I think there's a level, like you're saying, of like this long sought knowledge or not, not sought, long understood knowledge. Yeah about how these work and they're trying to get ahead of what we work. I mean, who can't see this mass kind of awareness of everything? Like even like from COVID and maybe it's partly because of how clumsy it was. Uh -huh. People are going, okay, well we got tricked here. Like what about GMOs? What about spraying in the sky? What about all these other questions we thought were mm -hmm. fake news? You know, yes. so, and it's happening in front of us. So maybe that's it. Yeah. I, I said, the, those are the two big ones that I just can't seem to get like a lot of people on board with. It's right. the, the 9-11 and chemtrails. Really? How crazy is it as they admit they're doing it? What? How crazy is that as they admit that they're spraying? Yeah. Right? And in 2018, it was Brennan in front of the, yeah. in front of the CFR, CFR thing. CFR. Yeah. And he said that's what they're doing. I know. Like, I know. I know. And it, it's in our congressional bill. And they even, they, present, they presented one and it didn't get passed, but it was a... A, a, a bill against to, to fight against space warfare mm. and the, there was a huge section on geoengineering and chemtrails and I'm like why do we need an antidote and a, a bill to combat this if well, this warfare if it's a, not happening they have a geoengineering research program right oh, <laughs> that's so stupid I know you that's probably it funded by yeah. our pentagon I'm you, sure you can, get, you can get a degree in geoengineering I know it's, it's like denying that there's fluoride in the water now which people still do despite that being a commonly stated oh it's just it's to help your teeth be white it's like it's just such an obvious manipulation it's true and argue that they would put four in your water and spend all the money just to make sure your teeth are white. Like the government yeah. can barely feed people and you know, they're gonna be like, yeah, we're gonna spend money to make your teeth are white. It's, sure. it's such a manipulation. But there's these are things that people still push back on. People still laugh and say like, whoa, black helicopters. I mean like, that's been something that's been admitted to for like 40 years, that they have these silent dark helicopters, yeah. but they still act like that's a conspiracy thing. If people can't get this stuff out of their brains, 
It, it's so crazy. so mind-boggling to me, and it's it's so frustrating to me because, uh, like you said, when you're talking about these little arguments that people are, it, they they hold people back from moving forward yeah. where we could actually be. I mean, I would argue that most of humanity wants to be free, uh, not all, but you know, I I think most people really do want that, and we can align on that and work towards that goal instead of arguing over these different war and fashions that have been created yeah. and designed, and but. It's, it is really frustrating because it's so hard to see how you've been manipulated if you can't just recognize these very obvious kind of, you know, I get it when it, at the time, you might fall prey to the mainstream narrative. I, you know, I've certainly fallen for sure. narratives so oh, yeah. many times, but it, in hindsight, now, when it's kind of out in, right out there in the open, and if we can't agree on that, how can we move forward? Yeah, I, I argue though, my own perception is mm-hmm. that that's part of the manipulation. I, oh, I do think, think it is. the majority sees it, but they want us to think that we don't. Yeah, no, I, I absolutely agree with yeah. you. Yeah, because no. as long as you can keep that, see, I think that's, I think you're spot on, and that we are like this close. Yes. you know, and I, that's why I argue the party paradigm, like we're talking about, yeah. is holding you back because you have this huge grouping of people that all see it to some degree, varying yeah. degrees, but they don't think that most people do. Exactly. And so they just stand there and they don't talk to their neighbor about it. They don't want to lose their job for the vaccine. So mm-hmm. they can stay quiet. If we can just get that mob to They're stand up the and shadows. Speak, Yes, it'd be like change everything. Uh, allegory of the cave, right? They're right. they're looking in the shadows. Exactly. Well, see, yes, except they're, they're a group that's like, okay, we all see the shadows, but let's keep pretending that's all that's there yeah. because right. I want to, That's what's happening. So they're like, yeah. they're right there. They're like I can see the cave. It's right there. <laughs> we just gotta get them out of the cave. You know, it's, it's yeah. right there. My opinion. Yeah. Some people yes. think that's wishful thinking. I, I actually yeah. okay. No, I so think... I got involved with this like like business networking group locally here, okay. and, and, like, yeah. and I started talking to this one guy who is. Uh, he does like insurance, like selling insurance and stuff okay. like that. And he was like trying to get me to, to come like help like work part time for them selling insurance and stuff like that. And like I had a Zoom call with him and we were talking about this. And I'm like, well, you're in the financial business. Like, like he does like other financial stuff too, you know what I mean? And I'm like, I mean, we're, we're like on the brink of like, you know, like complete economic collapse, right? I mean, what do you yeah. see? Like, what are you thinking? Like, like we're like the petrol dollars going away. Like, they're really trying to bring in like a central bank digital currency and like, and I was mentioning these things. This his, executive order. Yeah, exactly. And his response was like, yeah, man, it's getting crazy. I just try not to think about all that stuff. Oh, I, I hear that so that's often. Crazy. Like, well. And this is what I always say. I'm going to get a t-shirt that says this. That I always say, I'm like, ignorance is bliss until yeah. reality smacks you in the face. And yeah. reality always smacks you in yeah, the face. Right, yeah. <laughs> so. Yeah, you're so about sad. to get smacked upside the head, man. Like, it's crazy. Like, like, people, I mean, people in the financial world, apparently, they see what's on the wall and they know what's coming. They for a long time. But and, they, like, and they lie to their clients. Yeah. I, oh, I yeah. You know, I actually, yeah. I had a, a conversation and I, I, I said, look. I, don't don't lie to me. Like I'm very aware of what's going on, and yeah. I, you know, it just makes me think less of you that yeah. you're going to sit here, look me in the face, and undermine my intelligence and lie in my face. I right. think everyone that they're all just trying to extract as much wealth and resources yeah. as I they can so. before the collapse. Like like that was the thought I had last night. I was at the gym. I was watching the only time like my eyes ever hit any sort of mainstream mm-hmm. anything. Like, yeah, they have all the TV screens up there, it, and like. Right. I was there late last night and I was watching. It was like, uh, who was it? Who was it? Jimmy Fallon. Like Jimmy okay. Fallon was talking to some guy. I couldn't hear what they were saying, right. but just their mannerisms and they were just like laughing. And so I'm like, how could you? Like I know what you're doing. Like, you, <laughs> your job right there is just to just to maintain this aura that everything's normal, yeah. everything's fine. Everybody, right. we can just laugh about like whatever. Who? I can't even possibly conceive of what it is they're laughing and joking about on that show. Right? It's like, that meme. What a, 
Yeah, it's just like, and so whatever it is they're talking about, his job is to just put the put the veil over everyone and just be like, oh, yeah. it's okay, go back to sleep, everything's okay. Yeah. That's your job. They're just, and that's their role. They're trying to, and they know the that that's their circuses. role. They know that right. that's their role, right. and they're exactly. willing yeah. to play, take on that role because they know it's we're doomed, and they're trying. Right? Okay, I shouldn't say we're doomed. I'm trying not to be like a doom and gloomer. Yeah, no. Because I'm we're all not about hope, hope and faith, and that we we have a way out of this for sure. Yeah. But their job is to just keep them keep. Keep the veil lifted over everyone's head until until it's too late. Yeah, it's, yeah. it's, it's, it's like that meme so with the dog and the house burning down. It's like this is fine. Yeah. Like, that's what they want. Yeah. Like, we're exactly. like we're good, we're good. Don't yeah. worry, that's supposed to be there, you know. Yeah. That, but I, I wonder whether they know that. I, don't, I, don't, I, don't, think, I think they're too I think dumbed they're down. Cog- exactly, they're cogs in the machine. Yeah, mm. I, I think they're they've been programmed. They're they're very myopic. Yeah. They're. They're concerned about, as you were saying, like their next paycheck. They're mm-hmm. concerned about their audience because that filters their paycheck. Uh, their, you know, their fame, their fortune, and their their clout. And that's yeah. that's what they're focused yep. on. And I don't think, and I think a lot of them have been so heavily conditioned and programmed. And in some, in, <laughs> yeah, yeah, well, and and in some cases, I really think, especially when you talk about Hollywood, I mean, it. The studies on you know the the declassified documents on MK Ultra and you know I think a lot of them have actually been programmed. Totally. You know, so well, that, they really don't know. You could argue that's literally what like television has become or what these media. Well, that's why have they become. call it a program. Yeah, that, right. right. I, I think. Well, I mean, but like not just like an overlap, but like to your point that it's like literally has become the program. Like MK Ultra never really went away. And I don't that's think proven. it did. Well, I mean, you can prove that it went at least, the very least. Like decades passed when they said it stopped. Oh, I absolutely but think that. Me too. I think it continued into it, and I think we see all these things kind of converge, and they're using they call these it things. Something else, well, how about, how about the idea that you can look at like uh, talking about like the quarantines and lockdown, like the shock kind of manipulation that they do in the military and stuff. Trauma based mind control. Right, that's probably that, look at what just happened. That was a massive yes. effort, and now we see the mass psychosis that's a result of it. Mm-hmm. I think mean, we can argue that's exactly what just happened. You know, oh, I think that's absolutely yeah. what happened, and uh, you know they've been weaponizing they've been studying these for so long you know i keep talking about tavistock and this is a mm. monster and this is where so yeah. much of, it is like the propaganda arm of so much of what we see and and the machine behind it mm. and that they were the ones who did the shell shock therapy uh, mm. research and then they created trauma-based mind control out of that and justified mm. it under the guise of being wartime research that they needed you know to to use as a weapon against the the enemies, but I think unfortunately, in a lot of cases, it's been weaponized against the masses. Yeah, that's what it's always, in my opinion, not to be pessimist, but I, that's what it always, I mean, that's we, we always see this stuff talked about as the new thing, and you look, you know, 10 years later, you look back and it's like, oh, the military had already used it and, and practiced it. Oh, and yeah. then, you know, then look at this new thing we have when it's 20 years old. Oh, you know? yeah. And that's what always happens, and it's, it's been used against us the entire time. You know, it's. Oh, wait, I absolutely agree. And there is a lot of evidence to indicate that. Now, I, I always feel like I have to purpose the caveat that does doesn't mean that the people who were involved knew that because yeah, they're yeah. such masters of compartmentalization mm-hmm. you know I think a lot of times people they really think that they're doing a good thing they're fighting for a good cause uh, you know and it's just like people who've been indoctrinated and brainwashed they don't necessarily know that they have yeah. been no, that's, so, the, that's, the way, that's the best way to make effective propaganda and brainwashing is that yeah. the target person doesn't even know that they're under the spell yeah. like social engineering like the best way to do it too is to get the person to take the action you want them to take and have them think it's their own original thought that, that they came up with the idea to do of it course, right? right you'd like right. lead them just lead them down the path to get them to make the decision on their own when that's the outcome that you were desiring yeah. a lot of times you're you're coming out of it. it's like the whole like you know 
problem reaction solution thing where it's like yep. you you create an in, you you're the one that creates the negative instance to which they now take action and it's like oh yes good job good job i think that we really saw that with the shots because yeah. you know people keep with saying what? with the shots i mean oh yeah, shot. yeah, yeah. i mean i don't people keep saying well i had to do it i'm like no, no. you didn't you were convinced yeah. that you wanted yeah. to do this because you can we were convinced that that was the better choice or at the very least you you decided that your desire to go to starbucks was more important than <laughs> that's what i mean you were convinced that it was the better choice yeah, yeah. and right. you decided that out of these choices whether you made the choice out of convenience or whether yeah. it was to keep your job or whether it was to keep your you know grandparents safe quote unquote uh, you know, it was, but you decided because of what, how you were conditioned mm -hmm. that this was the choice that was the best for what's, you. What's funny is this always speaks to the idea of like the, uh, the conspiracy discussion about the different right. ways they've been, oh, you know, oh, well, how could everybody all be involved and not say anything, that kind of thing. Right. It's ultimately, as we know now, historically, that they decentralize things, that the per you have a select group or yeah. one person at the top and these agendas, not however they run necessarily. Right. But where they they know what the plan is, and then the people beneath them only get told just what they need to know to execute exactly. the job, and so on and so on. Well, it's funny. The only thing the government ever is allowing to be decentralized is their manipulation of us. <laughs> Everything else needs to be controlled, and you know yeah. so that's funny. Yeah, yeah. But it's uh, that's and what's interesting is it's crazy. They've been attacking things like these decentralized anonymous like cryptocurrencies. Yeah. Oh, that's fake money. It's not real. Oh, until we bring in our thing that's not yeah. decentralized. Of course. You know, it's like it's just such an obvious transition it's the same right. thing with the chemtrails like yeah. oh that's fake you're crazy you're like no 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 and then like oh no wait actually that is the one thing that's going to save the whole right thing. so yeah right i mean that's a, that's going to stop global warming yeah they just demonize things until they have the means to control it and then it's the best thing in the world yeah. right right yes. right and it kills me those people can't i mean it's like they know and they don't want to admit it but it's like it's like the vaccine passport where yeah. you're a crazy conspiracy theorist yeah. for saying it until they introduce them and now you're crazy for not doing it it's yes. like there's got to be yes. someone there that's like whoa wait yeah. a minute I've been calling that crazy, and now I'm going along with it. But it's like, where are those people? It's like, do they even exist? Well, well it is. No, a... they don't. They're all, they're all bots. They're all Twitter bots. It, it is a certification, a vaccination ID, AI. Ooh. Right. It is. Yeah. Uh, right there. You know, one nine is a A. Right, the first letter, oh. and I is the oh, ninth. Gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. Yeah. Oh, right. Well, what's interesting is that this the, the vaccine passport is another. It's almost like not just the vaccine passport. The Online Safety Act in the UK. Yeah. It's it's like a backdoor for digital ID. They're now yeah. forcing these children to like verify themselves, which like sets up this identification. Yep. Without you know, and so there's, there's all these different angles that they're forcing you in, and people act like they're not doing it, like they have to. And the same idea because you want to. This is a harder choice today, but they yeah. want to go online, so they say, "Well, okay, I'll do it." Yeah. But they could find other ways to go online, be anonymous, and so on. Yeah. But people don't know that, you know. Totally. Yeah. Stop yeah. playing in their game. Right, right. You, draw outside not... the lines. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, literally. Draw outside the lines. That's, that's what we need to do. Right, yeah. I, I saw you pulled up uh, propaganda. Well, so here's Bernays. the thing. I was just like, we were talking about propaganda, brainwashing yeah. in our current state of affairs. Yeah. And so there's a book called Propaganda written by Edward Bernays. I think yeah. it was. Yeah, yeah. you guys, right? We all know Edward Bernays, like the, the godfather of propaganda right. and all that stuff. You know his nephew, right? I think right? that title his what? nephew, you know his nephew, right? So he's the double nephew of Sigmund yes. Freud. Yes, yes, he yes. He was one of the forerunners. Well, no. But also, no, no, Edward Bernays' nephew. And his nephew is Mark, the, one of the founders of Netflix. Netflix, exactly. Yeah. Mark, Mark Bernays Randolph, right? Yep. So it's just like, okay, so the guy who's like I did a whole tweet thread on that, yes, yeah. exactly. the exactly, like the progenitor of brainwashing 
Yeah, Netflix is the brainwashing machine. I mean, they all espoused, I mean, there was a time when they would openly say that, and they still, you can catch them still, but the Bernaysian, the idea, it's all, that's what guides them in their manipulation of us, and that's on, that's on the surface. They have, like, discussions and documents about this. Yeah, so, so, Bernays was one of the forerunners of Tavistock. Tavistock was literally called the British Propaganda Bureau when it first started. (laughs) You can't make this stuff up. That's literally what it's called. And they did it, again, you know, when I talk about wartime research, right? They did it under the guise that Germany had a Propaganda Bureau. They needed to have a Propaganda Bureau so they could compete with the German Propaganda Bureau. (laughs) And that's literally what it was. And I always say, I know they attribute uh, Bernays as, like, the father of propaganda. I always say I think the rightful uh, title should go to Willy Munzenberg. Mm. Very few people know about Willy Munzenberg. But Willy Munzenberg was the the one who was quoted as saying, uh, we're going to make the West so corrupt that it stinks. (laughs) And it was, yeah. Yeah. How about the CIA quote about, you know, I forget, I forget his name off the top of my head. One of the older older uh, heads of the CIA said that, you know, our in- disinformation campaign will be complete if once everything the American people believe is false. Or something like that. Yeah. Paraphrasing. Something like that. Well, yeah, but I remember that. Here's what's interesting about this to me is that it, it's sort of like what it used to be called the Department of War. Now they call it the Department of Defense. Yeah. The, pro- the point is not that those words... Were, they were okay saying those bad words then, right. they weren't bad words then. Right. The, tra- the idea they of propaganda. Was, I just looked at it really quickly. It says ideas, facts, allegations spread deliberately to further one's cause or to damage an opposing cause. Now, back then, it was like, yeah, good. Why wouldn't the American popular? Why wouldn't we want to spread our information and counter theirs? But now we were aware that it's used against us. So now they change those terms. They don't want to point at it. Mm-hmm. Sort of like how regime change when we, you know, that's a bad thing. And we point at it. They're changing regimes, you know, governments without, you know, any legal standing. But now it's become an idea about democracy. Mm-hmm. You know, it's, it's, it even speaks to the larger point about changing definitions of vaccine and so yeah, on. That's yeah. how they do this. It's, vaccine, it's about right back virus. To yeah. yeah, all of these. Uh, and the term propaganda was first used actually in the Reformation. It was in 1622, and it was a, a, a term used by the church. In, yeah. what, in what context? That's interesting. Uh, in, in the Reformation, because it was to propagate the ideas. Uh, oh, in a, a positive way, then. Yeah, yeah see, exactly. that's so interesting. You can watch how these things evolve, and now it's bad news, and we don't want to point that I mean, that that's anymore. literally still what propaganda means. It's just now it has negative connotation. And it should. And it should, yeah. because it, typically it is being used to uh, for mind control. Well, it's aimed at us, and that's not the way that they would sell it. It's like you're – so now if you need to aim your information at us in a way that manipulates us, then you're not – that's dishonest at its core value, right? right. And so they – Want to just, they don't want to call it that anymore. You know, we're just fighting for your freedom. It's encapsulate everything. And uh, yeah, freedom. um, and so I, I just wanted to quickly say with Willy Munzenberg, he was uh, he had a meeting with Lenin and uh, Antonio Gramsci uh, back in it was nineteen twenty two to uh, try and figure out why it was that the you know the uh, Bolshevik Revolution wasn't just spreading throughout the, the entire West because that's what Marx said would happen, right? Mm-hmm. And it didn't, and so. They were trying to figure this out, and it was Gramsci who said, because, you know, really, you need to go back to the Communist Manifesto, not, you know, not the economic revolution, which was Das Kapital. But this is way before Das Kapital. Mm-hmm. Um, but it was, you know, the idea that you have to go back to, you know, cultural hegemony, infiltrating mm-hmm. through the culture. And then, you know, they started mm-hmm. the Frankfurt School, which Tavistock was a kind of a merger with the Frankfurt School of Fabian Socialists, and they came here uh, to... 
he made the Ivy Leagues and they started the the Institute for Social Research, which had started in Germany, and they brought it over to Columbia University. Fascinating, yeah, fascinating. Yeah, just connected several dots over. Yeah, I made notes about the Willie guy, so I need to go look into that. Yeah, he had like a major uh, publication. I mean, it was, you know, for that time, it was you mm-hmm. know, a huge, massive mm-hmm. uh, magazine publication that was propaganda. <laughs> yeah, right. Awesome. The best example of that exact concept is what we're seeing right now, you know, the war on terror or mm-hmm. like the conversation like like take Iran, for example, which mm-hmm. the Shia and, and Shiite divide, you know, and so that that's what that comes down to is that they're trying to they insert themselves and they create this division, even though there is division. I mean, you oh, there's yeah. always gonna be different opinions. Sure. But they make it like this like, cultural divide essentially and they use that yeah. to drive people's action and then, you know, it's 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 essentially turning your own people against yourself. I mean, that's they're doing. I keep pointing out, we are the ones that's happening to you now. Yes. We are under U.S. sanctions, right? We are the ones that's always really been focused on us, even if it's placed out outward. Yeah. But now it's happening to us. That's right. That's the, the whole color revolution, right? Exactly. That is, right. and that's how color revolutions work. Mm-hmm. They, you know, it's to destroy from within, mm-hmm. and they do it by this divide and conquer mechanism, mm-hmm. and right. it is done through dialectical attacks. And, and that's exactly what you're talking about. So I think this is a really interesting distinction for the audience is to understand that, yeah, you can have difference of opinion. Difference of opinion is not the same thing as a, a dialectical attack. Mm-hmm. Because that's what happens is they create these narratives and, you know, meta-narratives that to create warring factions with, within groups. Right. And these groups are usually blindsided by the meta-narrative. So they're so trapped within the narrative that they can't see outside of it. And that's how the game is played. And that's how the, you know, the information war and the psychological war gets perpetuated. Interesting to take us back to our original point about like the 9-11 thing. Or yeah. It's an example of that, right? Yeah, where the, totally. Where the argument is the very thing keeping them from coming to real change, even though we know that they're lying to us. We all know that, but we focus on the point instead of the real picture. Missing yeah. the forest for the trees, right? It's exactly Ooh. what it's happening. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Crazy, crazy. Well, speaking of information war, <laughs> I've never said this before, so I'm going to take it. Okay. <laughs> I got a plane to catch, so. <laughs> <laughs> you oh, do. that's right. Now, that's I'm right. going to say, I'm gonna, I can just go. You guys can keep rolling because you guys are on a roll. I can just step away. Well, I really wanted to connect yeah. all together but for yeah. just discuss things. So okay. that's, yeah, we'll, yeah. we'll do that. We'll so do that. Let's, sure let's we'll do, do this again, though. It was a let's do this again. Yeah. Okay. This is so much okay. fun. Okay. Yeah. Okay. You well, guys can keep going. I can just go if you guys want, or we just wrap. I mean, whatever you want to do. No, I mean, I, 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 let's all discuss. To say it again, you know, let's all discuss offline. We yeah, we, we, wanted, we wanted to oh, take yeah. a few minutes to discuss okay. some stuff offline. Yeah. So let's reconvene because I think this was so fun. Hopefully, this is valuable for everyone. Oh, yeah, this is fantastic. I think this was really, really awesome. Super fun. So, uh, before we close out, just tell everybody where they can find you mm-hmm. and all that good stuff. And uh, well, LastAmericanVagabond.com, as always. Just go there. Everything else is there for you to find. Support us because, you know, at this point, we're all being attacked in crazy ways. And, yes. You know, and they're doing such great work. So, okay. yeah, please, Thank please support them. And the plan is for us to now discuss, you know, some potential stuff. We're all local, you know. Yeah, so, we're all so in the same room, which is really cool and unique for a lot of people in this field. Yeah. So, we want to discuss, you know, potentially. This was my dream. I'm so happy that people can manifest it. Yeah. Synergy, baby. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> All right. Where can they find you? Uh, Rebunk Top News. Rebunk News. Yeah. Nice. And I'm the Courtney Turner Podcast. So, yes, I'm doing to press uh, stop Bam. recording and let's. Thank uh, you guys. Peace. Yes. And yeah, find all of us. <laughs> <laughs>
This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.